on this very special holiday. Welcome, everyone, to All Saints Church. Going to church on Christmas can bring up a lot of feelings. Of course, there's the joy of the celebration, the good cheer in the air, the festive music, the holiness of the evening. But we can have other feelings, too. This time of year can remind us of people whom we miss, of relationships we wish were better, or regrets of the past year. In short, Christmas is a complicated holiday, but that's okay, because as we just heard in the gospel reading, the first Christmas was actually pretty complicated too. Jesus' birth was an occasion of happiness as well as confusion and fear. It's a reminder that joy and sadness are eternal dancing partners. Sometimes one is in the lead, sometimes it's the other. But God is always in the dance. Christmas is also a time when church is blessed with the presence of non-churchgoers. If I'm talking about you, then please let me offer you a very special welcome. It takes a lot of courage to walk into any house of worship for the first time, but especially on Christmas. Maybe you're here because you wanted to mark the holiday in a religious way, or because someone that you love and respected wanted you to be here, or just because you wanted to listen to Arturo O'Farrell and the Afro-Latin Jazz Orchestra. But it doesn't matter why you're here or what your background is. This is God's house. God is love. So our prayer is that you will feel loved while you are here. And especially to our Georgian friends and a fellowship that is growing among folks who are from Georgia originally, Merry Christmas and Shobas Girotsev. It's a special honor to recognize those who are here but who do not consider themselves Christians. What an incredible blessing it is that you are here. Every year, it is my delight to offer a special welcome to our Jewish guests. This has been a difficult year for you, for so many reasons. Grief, shock, anger, or just managing different opinions and perspectives among friends and family with whom you may disagree. People who are dear to me say it feels different to be Jewish in New York City in the last couple of months. For our part, the Episcopal Church, like most churches, has a disturbing history of anti-Semitism. But several generations of clergy and lay leaders have worked to help heal us of our prejudice and to build meaningful bridges with the Jewish community. After all, Jesus himself was Jewish. For all these reasons, and for so many more, the fact that you feel that this is a safe place for you this evening is a brucha to this gathering. As we all know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Palestine, in a time of violence and anger. 2,000 years later, 
Palestinian children are spending this evening amid the sounds of missiles and bombs. They should not have to spend Christmas fearing for their own lives and the lives of their families. The head of the United Nations said that Gaza is becoming a graveyard for children. The patriarchs and the heads of the churches in Jerusalem wrote a Christmas letter, and I'd like to read part of it to you. They write, It is in the spirit of Christmas that we denounce all violent actions and call for their end. We likewise call upon people around the globe to seek the graces of God so that we might learn to walk with each other in the paths of justice, mercy, and peace. There is nothing a little church in Brooklyn can do to bring back the dead, to free the hostages, or to stop the fighting. But we do have something powerful we can use to overcome despair and disillusionment. In his second letter to Timothy, Paul writes, God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and love. The spirit of power and love is the spirit of God, and it is always available to God's people, especially in difficult circumstances. So tonight, I would like to take the advice of the Jerusalem patriarchs and dedicate this evening to just what they call for, that this evening we, God's people, would seek God's grace so that we can all walk together on the same holy path. If we can't do that on Christmas, then we have no need of this holiday because this Christmas, just like the first one, is a celebration of the hope that comes from God, even under impossible circumstances. It is precisely this impossible hope that we most need now. The Christmas story is a wild tale of hope. It has been domesticated over the years, but make no mistake, Christmas is a radical story. A peasant girl discovers she will play a pivotal role in human history. She becomes pregnant before she's married. An oppressive regime forces her to travel to be registered. She gives birth in a barn to a boy whose appearance was supposedly foretold by prophets for centuries. The people who witnessed the birth, they're all simple people, shepherds who happen to be nearby. And notice, that's just the human part of the story. Even when you take God out of the Christmas narrative, it still tells a story about the strength and resilience of the poor, the young, the powerless, and the oppressed. It's a story of hope and love shining through the gloom. It's a story that could give anyone something good to hold on to. But for me, Christmas really gets exciting when you add in the God part. Mary has conceived a child by the Holy Spirit. Now, no one, if I'm being totally honest, has ever really totally explained that. But in theology, there's always room left for mystery. So why not? 
God ignores all the powerful people in the world for this task and instead chooses a simple Jewish girl. Jesus' birth is an absolute rejection of everything that human beings associate with power and authority. Jesus' birth is a humiliating way to come into the world. But it's because of that that it's God's lesson to us about who God is and what God values. God is an irrepressible love who is available to all people. Any other kind of birth never would have taught us this lesson so boldly and so clearly. What could be more hopeful than an irrepressible love that is available to all people? Think for a moment of Mary holding the baby Jesus in the barn. She's surrounded by livestock. It's evening, and Bethlehem gets cold this time of year. She looks over to Joseph, a man in a patriarchal society who is now betrothed to an unwed mother. Her entire fate rests in his judgment. She thinks about the world that greets her son, unjust, violent, ruled by a tiny class of wealthy people while everyone else scrapes by. Like her, Joseph is completely powerless in the end, as is their son. What kind of life could Jesus possibly have? And yet, she rejoices. And not just her, but Joseph and the shepherds. And not just them, but the angels and the entire heavenly host. They shout out a song, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. It's the impossibility of this scene that makes it so compelling. There is no reason to rejoice, except that there's every reason to rejoice. Jesus is the ultimate symbol of hope. What more of a Christmas miracle do you need than that? Now, maybe it's just me, but have you noticed that people seem to be kind of cranky these days? It just feels like everyone's a little bit on edge and irritable. It might be a New York City thing, so guests from out of town, you can tell me your opinion of what it's like back home, too. But you know, I felt it this year when I was Christmas shopping. I hear it in conversations, which sometimes seem to be resting on the edge of a knife. And I think I even see it in the subway more than usual. It's strange that people are so cranky. Because despite all the things going on in the world, for most people, there's actually a lot to be thankful for this Christmas, perhaps more even than in a long time. Still, there's real data to support this sense that people are dissatisfied. A recent poll found that 78% of Americans, more than three in four, think the country is headed in the wrong direction. It seems there's very little we can agree on, except that we're unhappy. I have a theory about the cause of this crankiness. Hear me out. I think we might still be a little bit traumatized from the past few years. And I think we might have moved on a little bit 
too quickly. Now, one weird thing about church is that it has a very long memory, and it refuses to forget. Since you're in a church right now, I'm going to ask you to try to remember. Try to remember Christmas 2020, three short years ago, and yet almost a lifetime. Do you remember the separation from loved ones? Do you remember the isolation, the grief over those we had lost, the fear of the future? It was awful, and we're still living in the shadow of it. So it's no wonder that we've mostly moved on and we don't like to talk about it anymore. But here's the thing. It's only by remembering the trauma of the past that we gain hope in the present. Here we are, three years later, and I don't know about you, but I will never again take for granted the simple pleasures that I lost back then. Sharing a holiday meal, being with loved ones on Christmas, just having something to look forward to. Hope springs from the soil of survival, not comfort. I think that in moving on too quickly, we forgot how to hope. And now, in the face of difficulty, we don't remember how to have hope. Luckily, it's Christmas. And this is a day that is all about hope. 2,000 years after Jesus was born, we are still remembering not only the joy of that night, but also the trauma, the helplessness of the Blessed Mother, the difficulty of the circumstances. But we remember this hardship year in and year out only so that we can remember how to hope. So friends, hold fast to your hope. It is a precious gift. I would even say it is a gift from God. Do not be afraid to remember what is difficult because looking back on those things will give you hope for today's challenges. Jesus himself came into a dark world, and yet his birth sends us light across millennia. May this Christmas be a hopeful one for you, and may your hope be a light to the world. Merry Christmas.